fears the Lord is to be praised. A woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Father, thank you for the ministry of IBC and that Jesus Christ is being proclaimed in so many ways, especially in the ministries uh, among the children and the women of the church. Lord, we just ask your continued blessing. And Lord, we pray for those who are lonely hearted today, those who craving fellowship, craving to be with others. Lord, we're trusting you in the coming days that this, as this virus will lift up, our hearts will be so much more filled with appreciation for the simple things that you've given us, the love that we can have for one another, the church that we have, and the family that you've given us. Lord, help our hearts to, to continue in prayer, trusting you uh, for that day. In Christ's name, amen. Well, as we honor our wives and mothers this Mother's Day, I just thought of uh, five very brief bios from Scripture that have always interested me. And I, I threw this out on my blog. If you're interested, you can go to our webpage and, and get this uh, sermon in writing. But uh, there are five brief bios of various women who've captured my heart in Scripture. And I believe God gives special attention to these women because we are invited to look at their lives and learn from them. And a few of them are going to be a surprise to you, but I'm going to go through them. The first, of course, is well-known, that is often referred to, is Sarah, who is the wife of Abraham. Abraham is the founder of the nation of Israel. And God uh, gave Abraham a unique call. He was living in Ur of Chaldea, which is where uh, approximately Iraq is. And he said, I want you to leave your home and go to a new land, which is Canaan, which is Israel today. It would have been a 800-mile to a 1,200-mile journey. Uh, and this journey of Abraham was in the ancient times. There was no Uber. There was no uh, Google Maps. There was no uh, uh, Motel 6 on the way. There were no highways. It was like uh, load up the donkeys and get our camels and let's head out. And Sarah, his wife, would go with him. Now, there was a promise that God gave to Abraham. He says, I'm going to make you into a great nation. They were both around 75 at that time. We know the scripture. People lived a lot longer. They still had their health, but they were still old, very old to have a family. And so they began the journey. They eventually wound up in Canaan. And as they're waiting for this child to be born, who would ultimately be the uh, beginning of the nation of Israel, who would bring forth to us the Messiah of the world, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, uh, it didn't happen overnight. In fact, it didn't happen for 25 years. Uh, Abraham would be 99 years old and Sarah 90, way past the age of childbearing. Yet God would accomplish that miracle. But the things that went on in between the time of the fulfillment of God's promise and the journey that they took was filled with all kinds of zigs and zags and ups and downs and all kinds of messes, uh, a few of which Sarah had to bear up with her well, I'll, call, I'll say it. Abraham was a little bit of a knucklehead along the way. Uh, one was when they came upon a famine, 
And they had to leave Canaan and go to Egypt where there was food. And apparently Sarah was so beautiful. Can you imagine she was so beautiful at the age of 90 that he was fearful for his wife because of the jealousy that uh, she invited. And so Pharaoh's household desired to bring her into his harem. And so Abraham obliged and Sarah submitted. It's a crazy story, isn't it? To be sold off into slavery. Yet she was the woman of promise. She was the one who's going to bear the nation that would bear Messiah and God would protect her. Now, what I found amazing about Sarah's life is as she submitted to Abraham, she ultimately was showing us her submission and trust in God because God intervened. Every time Abraham made a knucklehead move, God intervened to save Sarah. And Sarah becomes to us a type of Christ in the sense that Christ was submitted to the Father. We see a beauty to Christ's submission to the Father, even to the cross, trusting him every step of the way. And we see in Sarah this beautiful, beautiful woman who trusted the Lord. Listen to how Peter describes her in chapter 3. Let your adorning be the hidden person of the heart. I love that. Let your adorning. This is uh, Peter speaking to the woman. Be like Sarah. Let your adorning. Let your, your adorning be the character of your life, the person in your heart, with the imperishable beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which in God's sight is precious. So Sarah always uh, intrigued me. I can, you know, I want to actually, when I get to heaven, I want to sit down with Sarah and have a discussion. And I'm sure I'm going to see a lot of parallels of things that my dear wife, Diane, has had to bear up with me along the way. I've also been a knucklehead, so and I know some of you uh, men have been, too. Another woman who deserves our attention in the Bible is Zipporah. Zipporah, you're saying, who's Zipporah? Sounds like a great name, right? She was Moses' Midianite wife. If you remember, Moses uh, grew up in Pharaoh's household, and he began to see the oppression of his Jewish people, and he rose up and actually killed one of the Egyptians, had to flee for his life to Midian, Midian and he wound up marrying uh, Zipporah there. Now, when God spoke to Moses in the bush to go back to Egypt to free his people, uh, one of the hidden verses along the way there is that though Abraham knew that he was to circumcise his children before they would go back because they were a covenant people and the circumcision was a sign of the covenant of God's relationship with Israel. Even though Moses knew the commands of God in this respect from Abraham, Moses didn't obey. And so the scripture says that God was about to kill Moses and change his plan. But Zipporah, his wife, steps up and she circumcises the children, and the text says, God let him alone. This beautiful man of God, Moses, the writer of the first five books of the Bible, Moses. God was about to kill him. It was his wife, Zipporah, who stepped in the way and um, spared her. Oh, 
Another account, another account of a woman in scripture that showed both courage and faith was Deborah in Judges. God used her to deliver Israel from the terror of Jabin, king of Canaan. When the king's commander, Sesera, came out against God's people, it was Deborah who went into a tent, and I always find this a fascinating story. Maybe, I don't know, maybe I'm a little bit sick on this regard. She goes into the tent of this commander who was opposed to the nation of Israel. She takes a stake, and she drives it through his temple. Now that is a woman with chutzpah. (laughs) That is a woman who had a certain level of courage. But I love how she refutes Barak, who was the judge at that time, the actual leader of Israel. How did she refute him in Judges 4, chapter 4? She says this, does not the Lord go out before us? Does not the Lord go out before us? Here was a man, Barak, who was doubting God's goodness and God's protection at that time. And And the Lord uses this woman to inspire the whole nation of Israel. And then they had victory over their enemies in Canaan. So I love that story in the scripture. Another kind of hidden gem there about a beautiful woman who led by example and courage. Another is Abigail. Abigail is another woman in the Bible that shows incredible wisdom and faith. Some of us know the story in 1 Samuel where King David for a season, took his part of his army, about 100 men, and he was, on his, he was running from Saul, and he wound up in this area in Israel where for a season he protected a man by the name of Nabal, his household, his farms, and his goods, which would often be open to, to thieves and pillaging uh, during the time of harvest. And so David diligently stood by and made things easier for Nabal and his household. Nabal, unaware, completely oblivious, uh, showing us his ignorance. And actually, the word Nabal means fool. And that's exactly what he was, a fool. And uh, when David ran out of supplies, he sent a request to Nabal, and he says, would you please provide some food and some goods for my troops? Who need them because you know they had been overwatching and protecting Nabal, and Nabal refused. You wonder why he did that, such a wealthy man. I mean, he was stubborn, but his name was Fool. That's how he goes by. So David decides, and I believe this was in haste, in his anger, he decides that he's going to, to attack Nabal's household and destroy Nabal. And his wife, Abigail, this woman of wisdom, intervenes. And before David gets there with his troops, she brings some goods with her, bows down before David, and asks for mercy and shows great wisdom that day. And then eventually, after Nabal dies, when he finds out about this, he must have had some massive heart attack from from hearing about how he almost came to destruction David would wind up taking her as a wife. Listen to what David said in 1 Samuel chapter 25, verse 32. Blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel, who sent you this day to me. Wow. 
Blessed be the God of Israel who sent you this day to me. Blessed is your discretion. I love that. I love that. Beautiful, beautiful. Again, another beautiful woman of wisdom in the scripture. And then the final one that I'd like to give attention to is Mary Magdalene um, in scripture. She's another one who's always fascinated me. A, a, a tradition says she was a repentant prostitute who turned from her profession to follow Jesus. Now, scripture testifies that she was also delivered from seven demons. So I think about some women who are so abused and so beat up by this world. And she is certainly one of those who succumb to abuse. Yet she turned to Jesus and her life would never be the same. And she was at the foot of the cross with the mother of Jesus and the apostle John. And I love how God chooses Mary Magdalene to be the first to see Jesus in his glory after he was resurrected. I think this not only displays to us God's impartiality, but also God's desire to honor women. As we honor our wives and mothers during this week, may we realize the incredible worth of a godly woman in the Bible. May we, as a church, recognize the incredible worth of those women who serve tirelessly to make this church what it is. Let us thank God for the incredible role women play in the Bible's salvation history. And thank you, ladies, for making this church what it is today. Thank you for the kindnesses that you bring. And men, this is my exhortation to the men, live if your wives in an understanding way, showing honor, since they are heirs with you of the grace of life. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your goodness to us, your love, and just the gift of women and family, and just how we can serve together as a church to bring you glory. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.